Welcome to the Worst Girl Gang Ever. We are proudly sponsored by Tea Pigs. Nothing quite beats sitting down with your mates to have a good chat over a cuppa. Whether your brew of choice is an English breakfast, an Earl Grey or something herbal, Tea Pigs have got you well and truly covered. My go-to is definitely the lemon and ginger. I love the Earl Grey, but I also love the fancy pants herbal ones they do as well. A few of the things we love about tea pigs are that they only use the best quality tea leaves, herbs and spices in their blends. Their tea packaging is all plant-based and plastic-free and they are a proud bee corporation and give back to tea-growing communities in Rwanda through on-pack donations. Pretty awesome, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. So if you've been meaning to give them a try, now is the time, as they are offering you 20% off at tpigs.co.uk with the code GIRLGANG20. Go ahead and treat yourself, and you can thank us later. Go on, get yourself a brew. Hi guys, it's Laura here, just giving you the heads up that this interview with Layla and Reese from the Heavy Mental podcast has been split into two episodes. We had a great time chatting to them, but we just couldn't fit it all into one. So here is part one and tune in later on in the week for part two. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of The Worst Girl Gang Ever. We are super lucky to be joined here this evening by not just one, but two people. We've got our first couple. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Woo, woo, woo. It is Reese. Oh, no problem at all. It's Reese and Layla from the Heavy Mental podcast. Now, it is anyway. lovely to have you guys here in our um, very fancy studio because we have been, we've been pals, haven't we, for a while now. You guys sort of yeah. reached out to us when you first went through what we're just about to talk about, but you weren't ready to, to chat about it quite yeah. then. But you are now, and we are so pleased to have you. So, Thank you so much. It's, it's awesome. I, I think that the work that you do is amazing. Yeah. And um, now you're award winners as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is actually, this is our first podcast recording since the big day. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, but also it's weird because Laura, you reached out and I think I didn't know that you had. And um, so I was following you before I realised that you knew who we were. So it's really like, and I remember Laura and I had a conversation. I said, oh, these guys are really cool. I've listened to some of their podcasts. And Laura's like, oh, yeah, they they follow us. They know who we are. And I was like, oh, let's get them on. <laughs> like, really, real fangirl about it. So fancy collaboration. Yeah. It's nice. It's like chatting to old pals. it's lovely lovely to finally like have a I was going to say in person but as close as in person as we can have at the moment yeah Um, it's it's really cool to speak to you both yeah yeah oh cool and whereabouts are you in Cardiff are you in Cardiff we were in Cardiff we've okay moved um we're now uh closer to Swansea so okay but yeah we're in a, a new area we're right in the countryside now aren't we yeah, oh, nice. we're, uh, we're, we're a little bit further down west where I'm from, so a bit closer to Swansea. And uh, yeah, like a, a lot more, it's a lot more rural and it, it's lovely surroundings here. And like, <laughs> you know I just thought you said there's a lot more rural. I was like, <laughs> what is the, <laughs> the pandemic hit? But now you say it's just your accent, Reese. It's, Rural, I see. I, I understand <laughs> yeah. that now. 
You'll yeah. have to get used to it. It, it, it. it took me, when we first got together, there'd be a couple of times where I'd be like, I'm sorry, did you just say that whole sentence again? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a beautiful like accent. English. <laughs> it is lovely. It's a lovely accent, but yeah. I'm really sorry. It's lucky I'm not drinking because... <laughs> When I start drinking, I can't help but um, mimic accents. Um, oh, please, I welcome it. Do you? Yeah. You were doing Lorraine Kelly the other day. <laughs> I did do a bit of Lorraine Kelly the other day. Yeah. Well, we'll see how the, we'll see how we get on. We'll see how we get on. So how did you guys meet? Uh, we met on Bumble, the dating app. Did oh, you? Yeah. yeah. And were you living in Wales at the time, Leila? No, I was, I'd been living in Brighton for about 10 years. Um, Go on, Brighton. Yeah, love Brighton. It still it still has my heart, I think. Um, and then I... Ouch. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I moved. Um, my mum my was going travelling and she was like, our house in the Cotswolds is going to be empty for like six months if you want to come and house it. So I was like, I'm ready to move Brighton anyway. I'd, I'd broken up with someone. It was time to leave. So... I was living in the Cotswolds and uh, recently living in Cardiff and we were both so desperate that we set our radius to as far as possible <laughs> on this app and uh, it, we joined up. And it was the only one this side of Australia that... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh. oh, well, that's, that's lovely. I love a dating app story. That's awesome. And your and... mum, your mum went travelling. That's pretty cool. Yeah, she's a bit of a jet setter in the, in the last, like... Five years, she's just um, scooted off around the world several times with her husband. Oh, epic. Yeah. Nice. That's really very nice. cool. Yeah. Where is she now? Probably she's locked up in somewhere. No, I didn't mean, I meant because of lockdown. Fall away. No, she's just in lockdown in the Cotswolds, so not about oh, okay. lockdown. No, 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 definitely. And you got married. You didn't get married too long ago, did you? Like, I've been stalking you. <laughs> really? I've seen all of your wedding photos. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, no, October 2019, we got married. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, it all happened pretty quick, didn't it? Yeah. We, when did we meet? End uh, of 2017? And, yeah, end of two, December 2017 was our first date. Oh, um, God, you then, remember. Oh, it's cute. Yeah. That is really cute. <laughs> The 30th of December, 2017. <laughs> I don't think Scoop would know what year we met, honestly. <laughs> what was the weather like, Reese? Yeah, uh, it's in there. Yeah, it was raining. <laughs> oh, okay. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's lovely. Yeah. Right. Cool. Anyway, should we, should we crack on with something we're supposed to be talking about? <laughs> so, anyway, talk, so let's, married, let's talk about your journey. got married yeah. in October 2019. Yeah. yeah. And did you know that you wanted to have children straight away or did you plan to wait? Uh yeah, so we actually um bit of a bump in the road. We I moved to Cardiff so quickly because I fell pregnant uh back when we first met, um which was oh, right. a shock. Not on the 30th um, of December 2017. Not that exact okay. Day, Jolly good. <laughs> Just checking. It was the 31st. <laughs> well, um yeah, and that was a that was a real, real surprise. Um, obviously, completely unplanned. Um, and unfortunately, I had a missed miscarriage. Um, so oh, I, I rushed, moved to Cardiff and got a job in Cardiff, and we got a flat together. And it's like we're going to do it. We're going to have this baby. And um, then we booked a an early scan at um, at ten weeks, just because I was starting to not feel pregnant anymore. There'd been about a week or two where I was like, I'm fitting back in my old bras, and this is this is yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit odd, and hmm. um, so we decided to go for a private scan, 
And then, yeah, they they told us the baby had died at about, um, I think it was seven and a half weeks, so eight think, weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gosh, and it had, like, because not, I mean, that's ex- more or less exactly what happened in my case. And, yeah. but obviously we were living together, we were married and we sort of, that was the next, that was an obvious step for us. Yeah. to have another child but for you guys I mean you'd moved countries yeah so yeah. how did that what were your feelings when you found out that you know you'd done all this and that actually there wasn't going to be a baby I think we were just so disappointed there, there was a part of me that was trying to rationalize it and saying oh you know it wasn't the right time we weren't we, it's nice for us to have some time just being a couple before we're mum and dad but we knew instantly that we were both in it for the long haul. So we kind yeah. of, it wasn't like, a, oh, do we stay together because we're not having this baby now? Um, we would, you know, we were in it forever anyway. Um, but just just so disappointing. And I think I, I felt like a bit of a fool, like yeah. to, to move and find a job and, and moving so quickly and stuff to then be like, oh. And I told people as well, because first pregnancy just completely blissfully unaware that anything would go wrong and because there was no bleeding I just thought well the baby's fine because otherwise Mm. I'd be having a miscarriage and I'm not so I told some of your friends I was trying to make friends in Cardiff so some of your friends girlfriends I like bonded with and I told them I was pregnant and then having to untell everyone was just the worst thing. Were Were you pleased that you had told people or would you have did you wish that you hadn't? Um, I was pleased that I told some people because I really needed that support. Um, And actually the people that I did tell in Cardiff, it was really important because they were the only ones physically around me who could support me. Um, but some people like, like my dad, I wish I just hadn't told him because then I had to just send him a text and say, sorry, you're not going to be a granddad. And then lo and behold, we've had to do it again this time as well. Um, so now I'm a bit like, right, I'm not telling a soul until I actually give birth to a full term baby next time. (laughs) And it's just a surprise. Did you find that once you had experienced a miscarriage that you found it was a lot more common than you thought it was? Yeah. Um, yeah, I I hadn't I couldn't find much about it on the internet, so I made a video because um, oh, I've got right. a little YouTube channel. Um, so I put a video up on there, uh, just explaining what it was and what happened to me, and, and it was quite a detailed account. I spoke quite in detail about the fact that I was wearing adult nappies in front of my boyfriend that I'd been with for for four months because I was so worried about ruining our new mattress and and that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, and it. It didn't it didn't get much traction at first, just like a couple of couple of thousand views, just like the usual people who watch my videos. And then I still get messages now from people. Um, really? And the more I, I when I check in with it every now and again to reply to comments, I just see just woman after woman after woman leaving um the same comment, just saying, I'm going yeah. now, I didn't know this was a thing. Um yeah. so yeah, now I'm really aware of how common it is. Yeah. And Reese, what was your, what like, it must've been horrendous for you to go through this, this, the process of a miscarriage in, in a reasonably new relationship as well. Yeah. I think I just remember, you know, when you think back to like very stressful times, it's all like a a blur, but I remember specifically when we were trying to, um, trying to get everything together and like to come up with a plan and, and that kind of thing when, when we first found out. Mm-hmm. And I just remember that we were both incredibly stressed because of circumstantially, like you said, with a new new relationship, but we both knew that we were going to be in it for the long haul. Like 
very it was one of those meetings that you hear about when instantly we clicked and because we'd spoken so much very openly before we'd met it was like I knew Layla for years and years even before me there was that instant like really strong bond and then going through something like this um it strengthened that bond but even more so but I do remember just that entire period being very hectic and stressful and um yeah we we um I think you didn't know how to help me did you no to do with me and we're still getting to know each other so yeah yeah going through this and you're you're feeling your way trying not to say anything that's insensitive and I'm feeling my way trying to trying to be a new girlfriend in a new relationship and it's a minefield if even when you've been with someone for years let alone when you're still getting to know each other and wearing adult nappies exactly exactly (laughs) I was like take me to Tesco I'm gonna wear an adult nappy tonight I don't get and then I think you said to me that I I looked like Kim Kardashian (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh I was like you are lucky that you're funny because (laughs) you're a keeper (laughs) yes (laughs) oh that's amazing so did you let it all happen naturally or did you choose a kind of um, management? I tried to let it happen naturally, but it was going nowhere. Um, so having because I'd had the scan um, privately, it had to then be confirmed by the NHS and then I had to wait for that scan. And then they have to wait for a week to check the baby hasn't grown and you haven't got your dates wrong. Um, so it was about three weeks before I was given the um, medication to go home and do it on my own. Uh, well, obviously, Reese was there. Um, which was horrendous, and they did not tell me how bad that was going to be. I, no. I, I didn't feel like you don't. I don't know if your um, scenario was the same, Bex, in terms of how you chose for things to happen. But um, the pain of the of well, yeah. I suppose you're being induced, like you're you're yeah. going like wow. You don't. You just horrible. don't. You don't. I think um, oh, it was an utter shit show, start to finish. Yeah. Um, and I remember, well, I think we said this, I said this in a recent one, but I remember at one point being in this hospital and I'd been given the, med, the medical stuff like you were, but it hadn't worked. So I had it three times and then I was sent home. And because it was the middle of COVID as well, it's like no one really knew what to do with me. And then when I went back and then they said, if it starts at home, you need to come back because you are you can't do it on your own at home because you're quite far along. Mm. And I remember going back and bleeding so heavily that I honest to God thought I was going to die and I thought I could this can't this can't be a, a person cannot be capable of leaving this losing this much blood this can't be normal because I've had kids as well yeah. and I'm aware of like that kind of having a baby I was just like I can't this isn't normal and there were doctors kind of like fussing around and stuff and we're so unprepared as to what might happen yeah because like I don't know, it would scare you or whatever the reason is behind the fact that we're all completely uneducated in it. But when it does happen, it's absolutely terrifying, isn't it? But it is worth saying that not everyone has a horrendous experience like that. They should tell you, they should be more honest about the range of severity. Yeah, They can't tell people it's going to be horrendous because it isn't necessarily going to be. I mean, obviously the whole process is is shit, but for some people it's not going to be as painful as bad, I, yeah. yeah I think they they kind of said oh you know you can take um paracetamol and they did say you can phone us if it gets really bad but then when when I was crawling around on the floor mooing like a cow oh. they, they uh re-phoned them and was like ah you were just panic mode weren't you and I couldn't yeah. even talk 
Um, maybe I just reacted really badly to the medication. I don't know, but it, it was next level. And they were like, yeah, it does hurt. I've never and seen And then you. that was the end of it. <laughs> they yeah. were like, get on with it. I've not think- seen you like that, you know, in that much pain before. And, mm-hmm. and I just didn't know. I didn't know what to do. I wanted to help somehow. I wanted mm-hmm. to do something. I was next to you, sat next to you on the bed the entire time, obviously. Um, but it was just like... You want to fix things. I, I want to fix something. I want to help you. I want to alleviate your pain in some way. But I wasn't able to, to do it. Yeah. And I felt guilty that you were going through it in the first place. Yeah. And Why did you feel, that's interesting, why did you feel guilty, do you think? Um, I think because I wish that I could have, I wish I could have experienced the pain instead of Layla. Yeah. I felt guilty that she was having to go through all of that. And it was both of your baby. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I think, um, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, I know that my experience of that situation is nothing, is pale in comparison to what you went oh, through. No, but it's still valid. Phys- physically, it's different. But, yeah, you know, emotionally, you, you still lost, you still both lost a baby, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm sorry to well, hear that. Um, while we're on the subject of management, I should just say that both of mine were surgical management, so I didn't have I didn't get a choice in the matter. And this is not me promoting to have surgical management, but in comparison to your stories, mine was a breeze. And um, but people, I don't know why we all opt to do it so naturally. Maybe it's because we're not given the information about how how horrible it really can be. But um, if if I had another one, I would opt for surgery straight away. I think, um, one of the, um, I don't know if it would have been a nurse or I don't think it would have been a midwife. I don't, one of the professionals we saw at the hospital um, said to me that there is definitely something around um, acceptance when you actually pass the baby and you see it. Because I, I was able to hold the baby. It was still completely uh, in its little amniotic sac. It was just like a little snow globe. Um, and Oh, that's I, such I, a nice way of putting it. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was able, I did the classic fished it out of the loo because I just had to know if that's what had, yeah. I thought that was what had plopped out, but I had to be sure because I just desperately didn't want to have to go back again and be scanned again. So they'd said to me, if you see it come out, then you know it's complete and all you have to do is take a pregnancy test in two weeks. Um, and and seeing it in my hand, I was really like, I was looking at it in quite a scientific way. I wasn't hysterical. I was very calm. I was just like, oh my God, that is mm. our baby. Like that was, a, that was our baby that was actually inside me. Um, and th- there was a real moment of acceptance when I actually was able to see it and hold it in my hand. As, and if you'd told me before that I would have put my hand into the toilet bowl and fish it out, I would have been like, no way would I do that. <laughs> yeah. In the moment, you just do. And, and I'm glad that I did. It is amazing, I think, because my we we had exactly the same situation when I started bleeding really heavily at home. My husband came up with a a, a slotted spoon yeah. and a metal bowl and started yeah. going through all the gribbly bits and like say and but we didn't know what we were looking for. We didn't yeah. know what an, a nine you know nearly ten week old baby would look like. And actually, we we chose to bring the baby home from the hospital because I hadn't passed it at home. Yeah. And when we when we were able to go and collect it, it was in like sort of kitchen roll type, you know. And I wish I didn't look and we buried him or her in a big, big pot. 
Yeah. I wish that I'd kind of unwrapped them and had a look. Oh, it's made me a bit emotional. I haven't been emotional about this for ages. Yeah. Mm. No, it's okay. It's, it's a tough thing to, to revisit. Yeah. It? I just, I just wish I'd, I wish I'd kind of seen to say goodbye properly. And I know that they're there. And I'm so pleased that we did bring them home. But I just, there's just something in the back of my mind that just thinks I wish that I'd have taken them out. And I don't know. Yeah, I completely understand. I'm really glad that I did, but my one regret, and this is because I didn't know what to do with it, is that I, after I'd looked, I put it back in the loo and flushed it. And and I, I think about it, and it made. And the next day, I was sick. I was thinking, my baby's in the sewage pipes. Oh, and that. And it's so hard. Like this whole, I think this whole thing is so difficult to navigate because, like, you don't you don't know what to expect and you don't know what it's going to look like and you don't know how big it's going to be. And I remember the nurse, like the, the, the midwife lady saying to me, or oh, when you feel the need to push, push. And I was thinking, Oh my God, am I going to have to push? I'm like, is it going to be that big that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all just so terrifying when you're already in such like a high drama, tense, yeah. you know, atmosphere. And it would be a lot less terrifying if you knew about it. Yeah. If you knew what to expect. Why can't they just be more forthcoming with that information? Yeah, I don't know. Because it, you, I think it should be, they don't even cover, They maybe they do now, but they certainly didn't when I was at school. But when you have your sex education, it's like, don't have sex, you will get pregnant and you don't want to have a baby now. It's yeah. it's not like, you think about all the all the young, young girls at like 15, 16 who are having miscarriages and have no idea. They haven't developed mm-hmm people yet to cope with that type of thing and it's just not spoken about at all I just think it's mental that the education isn't there yeah. yeah, we actually wrote an article about this recently um, for Lap the Brand, which is like a young women's magazine. Mm-hmm. And it's just like five things that you won't learn in sex ed. And it just talks you through yeah. exactly what you've just said, Layla. Like, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous that we're not learning this. We've got to trust our kids <laughs> to not get pregnant. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? By, without scaring them, it's yeah. just we, we, we've got to, you know, they're allowed to vote at 18, but yet they don't have the education to stay safe yeah. and and um oh anyway she normally goes off on one about now yeah no i can't, <laughs> I can't do it let's switch so, the subject yeah. Yeah. we'll be here all night we'll be so, talking about emotional toolboxes next won't you i tell you what we bloody will because my emotional to- toolbox is very handy these days <laughs> so had you already how long have you been running your mental health podcast for uh 2019 the, yeah the i think uh, around it has been exactly two years actually i think and yeah. so was this before did you start this after or before your first loss it, it, it was after the yeah it was about a year after yeah okay that, that yeah. Makes, makes sense yeah and did that have was that a part of the reason that you decided to or was it all completely unrelated I wouldn't say completely unrelated, but um, it definitely played a part in it. Um, we both had had struggled with with different things over the years. Um, I'd kind of dipped in and out of depression. I say dipped in and out because it's um, seasonal affected. So in the winter, oh. very down around now. Mm. Um, although I've kind of held it together this year, which is a miracle considering what the year we've yeah. had. Um, but yeah, and then in the summer, I'm just uh, the happiest person in the world and, and you struggle with anxiety, don't you? So it's kind of a less open the conversation around those things and, and much more, I suppose. Fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. 
It's and, so important, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And it, it, again, it's. Uh, I know there's a lot more of it now in terms of mental health awareness stuff, but I think we need exactly with the, with the same thing that, that you're both doing. We need as many people in the game talking about it as, as yeah. possible in their own unique way that is going to resonate with different groups of people potentially. But, um, yeah. Exactly. You know, but uh, yeah, we, we um, we've got a passion for conversation. And, uh, That's brilliant. <laughs> it's scared on so the I hope you've wiped out the evening because we'll be <laughs> 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 oh goodness oh gosh just like us Laura just like us <laughs> you. um so how so you had the miscarriage and then how did you then think right yeah let's have a baby and then start trying again quite quickly um no so we we were like, okay, we wouldn't have planned to have had a baby this soon in our relationship now. Um, and although the, I suppose, the hormones and my maternal instinct, which has been wild since I was pretty much born, uh, was like, have another baby, have another baby as soon as possible. But then we got engaged and I was like, ah, I don't, I want to get pissed on our wedding day. So <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to uh, get pregnant too soon. So we thought, right, we'll wait, we'll, we'll get married we'll, a year before the wedding. Then we will have had like time for just, you know, to be us and work out who we are as a couple. And um, then after the wedding, I just started a new job and I didn't want to be the classic, like newlywed who gets up the duff immediately and everyone work, at work is like, ah, knew it. So I was like, right, we'll wait, for, <laughs> we'll wait for a little while. Um, and then, yeah, it was April, April last year, we started trying um, and got pregnant straight away um which was a shock again because wasn't expecting it to be um as simple but um I was kind of thinking do you know what maybe we're being rewarded in some way for a shit time we've had before and uh little did I know the the shit storm that was ahead of us (laughs) so I mean presumably it was a very anxious early pregnancy Mm. um did you have extra scans and things like that before your 12 weeks um, no, I didn't because COVID had just um, really come into effect. So I knew that any chance I went to, I'd have to go to on my own. And I was so scared of being told again that there was no heartbeat when I was by myself. But I was almost like, I just don't want to know. I'll just. How were your yeah. symptoms? Were they more reassuring than last time? Yeah. Um, okay. There were days when I was like, I don't feel pregnant today. And and so I suppose. I, the first I hate that. I hate that whole period. It's such a mind fuck, isn't it? Oh. And then you start googling say is it normal to lose symptoms at nine weeks and you read yep. someone that says yes but my baby's perfectly healthy and then you read someone else that says no I was having this miscarriage so I was torn between thinking surely we've had enough bad luck like once is enough for anyone to go through surely this won't happen again and you were really you know you didn't want to get too excited until we'd had the till we'd had the 12 week scan but you were a lot calmer than I was weren't you just of like a it will be okay I think mm. yeah I think I was just convinced um I just felt like I had this knowing that it was going to be okay or, or mm. I, I think maybe there was some sort of protective element there with myself where yeah you may be right is that I didn't want to get my hopes up too much yeah because of what happened last time until we had definitively told the, bit, the, the baby's got a heartbeat but mm. I, I suppose you went down the um, worrying kind of more anxious route which is completely understandable mm. and I wanted to I suppose in a way but 
held so back. One of us had yeah. to stay sane, really, didn't? Yeah. You know, and, it was <laughs> you. Yeah. and I think as well with early scans, they can become a little bit addictive. And oh, you're telling me I had 15. Oh my god! <laughs> my no pregnancy way. with my son. Yep. Wow. But yeah. then I suppose the, the second you've walked out of there, you think, oh, well, hang on. It's well, been yeah. a few since I've seen them alive now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. One of the mis- miscarriages that I had, I had a scan at eight weeks and a few weeks later, they said that it died at eight weeks and one day. So oh, I've, I've oh. never been reassured by a scan for that reason, because I think, you know, you send people the picture and say, oh, everything's fine at the moment. And they're yeah. like, oh, that's amazing. I'm like, yeah, but they could die tomorrow. So yeah. <laughs> it, it kind of doesn't, it reassures you in that one second where you can yeah. see the yeah. screen, I guess. But then after that, it, it's your mind can go wild again. So yeah, it was quite a, an anxious first. Uh, well, it was only eleven weeks because, as much as I insisted that I knew exactly when I'd got pregnant, because my cycles are quite long, they were like, "No, you must be twelve weeks by now." And I was like, "I'm not. I'm eleven weeks." But they were like, "Come in for your twelve week scan anyway." Okay. Worst case scenario, you get to see your baby a week early. So I was like, "Oh, that's great." And then we went in. Well, I went in because Reese couldn't come because of COVID. Um, and. I, I saw him on the screen and he was moving and I was so shocked because I was just so prepared for them to yeah. say, sorry, there's nothing there. And he was wiggling around and I, and I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe he's in there. I kept saying to the, um, is it a sonographer? Yeah. 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 I kept saying to her, I can't believe that the baby's there. And she was like, yeah. And she was really quiet, but um, she was like, well, you're only 11 weeks, so I can't do the measurements that I need to do. Um, so we're gonna have to send you away and you'll come back and I was like oh I knew this already ha 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 um, and I was, like, I'm just, <laughs> I was like I'm so thrilled because last time I was here it, it was the worst news um, and I, I, I clocked in that moment that she looked really sad when she looked at me but she didn't say anything and she just said I'm gonna ask you to come back in a week's time and she gave me the scan pictures and I, I ran out to Reese and Reese was waiting in the car and he knew that however I was walking was going to tell whether this was oh, nice. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I like zoomed up to the car with the picture and then we were sitting in the car and I was looking at the picture and I was thinking this doesn't look right what's that line behind, why what's that big sack behind his neck and uh then started worrying and worrying and then started Googling, which I know you shouldn't do, but it's almost out of your hands at that point. Um, and realised it was the um, NT line, the nuchal translucency. Okay. That's the one that they measure the size of at the 12-week scan, isn't it? Yeah. And had you opted to have that measurement? Um, I had, but because I was only 11 weeks, they said they could. They said they can. okay. Um, and I was, I, I had a week of... I mean, I was hysterical because I knew looking at the picture that there was like this balloon on the back of the baby's neck. And I was like, how did they not see that? If I can see it and I have never looked at a scan picture before of a baby this size. How, but do how you reckon she did see it? I think she saw it and she thought, I can't tell you for sure because you're not 12 weeks and I can't bear to break your heart while you're lying there saying how it was terrible. You shouldn't like, really be up to them that it's your baby. Yeah. They should tell you, yeah. shouldn't they? Do you I, wish that she had? Um... Yes, because then I wouldn't have had that week of everyone saying, you're just like, not over-dramatizing it, but everyone was saying to me, it will be fine. You're not a professional. You don't know what you're looking for in scan pictures. I even had a friend's, a friend's friend who was a midwife look at it and she was like, I can't see anything wrong with this. But I just knew and I felt like I was going mad because everyone was saying to me, it's fine. And I was saying, look at this picture on Google and look at this picture of my baby. There is something wrong with my baby and no one was listening. And what about and what about you, Reese? What did you... What were your thoughts? Um, again, I think 
I must have assumed the role of trying to um, to soothe Layla and to calm Layla mm-hmm. and to say that again. I think at first my initial reaction was to say everything's I everything's going to be okay. Wait until we go back. Yeah. Then we can kind of assess it from there. But I also didn't want you to your opinion to feel or your validated. Feel, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So eventually, I think I came, I came round to mm. n- not necessarily believing you, but like actually thinking, right, okay, so this could be a possibility now because I was looking at, I was then looking at the photos of the like nuchal fold and and things like that, and uh, I did see exactly what Leda was see yeah. it yeah I think I just wanted someone to be like I can see what you're worried about yeah um, and yeah then we then we went back and and I said to them before they even scanned me I was like I think I've seen something on my last scan picture so I am prepared for bad news so please don't like beat around the bush just tell me sorry guys that is it for part one so tune in later on in the week for part two Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And please, please, when you have a second, rate us, review us and share us. And let's get this taboo smashed. See you next week. Hi, my name is Kay Adams. And to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process. So I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.